It might be time to circle the wagons. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. Concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and it is a beautiful spring day here in Minnesota. There are actually leaves on the trees now. I know most of the country is probably like, uh, we've had that for a while. Not so much here in central Minnesota. Uh, they are just starting to bud, uh, but there is a hope for spring and, and warmth in the air, and it just feels wonderful as everything is starting to green up. Uh, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, and I know that is uh, still somewhat uh, anxiety-provoking or exhausting, and I know that there's even some mental strain connected with that. I do want to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but it is certainly my privilege to be able to share my heart with you each and every week. And thank you for tuning in uh, and paying attention to some of the things that I have to say. Last week, I had the privilege of having my wife on the podcast, and I am so grateful to have her here. That was super fun. If you haven't heard that podcast, I recommend that you go back because it's one of the most transformational things that happened in our life. Uh, and she shares that story and journey uh, with you. Uh, so I certainly invite you to uh, return to the Dare to Declare uh, podcast from last week as well. I mentioned in the open that this might be a season or a time to circle the wagons. We've all heard that term before, and it takes us back to the uh, Western TV shows that we may have seen or when we were kids playing Cowboys and Indians or whatever. Um, I, I love the origin of words. I love to research words. Uh, and so I did a little bit of some deeper diving on the term circle the wagons. You know, my grandma was an expert at uh, wanting to find out derivations and, and the meanings of words. And of course, when I was growing up, that was before Google and Wikipedia and things like that. And so we would hear a phrase like circle the wagons and we would get on the phone and call grandma and say, hey, grandma, where did this come from? And she would search in books, old books about derivations of phrases. So it's kind of in my blood. Um, and so I certainly give that as a tribute to my grandma, one of my favorite people ever. Uh, you know, the term circle the wagons uh, actually refers to a wagon fort and it actually dates back to uh, the first known writing of such a thing was 120 BC, the Battle of Mobai in China. And from Chinese historical records, the Book of Han, they talk about conjoined wagons as fortifications. Uh, then as you go through the fourth century in Europe uh, with the Roman army and the Hussites and the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, uh, and even settlers in South Africa uh, would refer to loggers, L-A-A-G-E-R, which was a wagon fort, and they would often uh, perform battles. Uh, but just reading about this, uh, the defensive formations were used in the United States 
of which we're mostly familiar with the term circle the wagons. And they were actually called corrals. Interesting. Uh, these were traditionally used by 19th century American settlers traveling, traveling to the west in convoys uh, of Costatoga wagons. Conestoga wagons. <laughs> when faced with attacks, such as by hostile Native American tribes, the travelers would rapidly form a circle uh, of their wagons, bringing the draft animals, sometimes horses, but more commonly oxen, and women and children to the center of the circle. The armed men would then man the perimeter, the circled wagons, serving to break up the enemy charge to create a certain amount of concealment from observation and shelter from enemy firearms. They would also slow down and separate any warriors who attempted to get past the wagons into the circle, making them easier to dispatch. Although they never formed a perfect barricade as a true wall would, this tactic was popularly known as circling up the wagons and survives into modern day as an idiom describing a person or group preparing to defend themselves from attack. There's a lot of power actually in that description and sometimes the way that we as society ought to and maybe even need to operate. See, as you probably know by now, I'm passionate about the word family. And I believe that the Lord actually has put us into families uh, so that even when there are times of hardship or, or trials, that sometimes it's time to circle the wagons, to actually go into a defensive posture. You know, we're Americans and we like to do and we like to go and we like to constantly be moving. But sometimes there is a time and a season to circle the wagons. The Lord also put us in what I like to use the word tribes. I think tribe is a powerful word. The definition of tribe is a social division in a traditional society consisting of families linked by social, economic, religious, or blood ties with a common culture and dialect typically having a recognized leader. Now that's a powerful, powerful definition. And when we plug in our Christianity into that sentence, then I believe that we have been placed into tribes, a groups of people, groups of families that actually share and are linked by social, economic, religious, blood ties, common cultural and dialect, meaning that we speak the same language and we have a recognized leader, do we not? I believe that these are important times in which we live right now as we face, uh, some would even say, uncertain times. You know, this COVID-19 pandemic is something we're going to be telling our grandchildren about because this is a historical moment of, of really life and our nation circling the wagons. We've kind of gone to, into a standstill as we have a common enemy. That's what these were for, a, a common, we would circle the wagons when attacked by a common enemy. And the common enemy is a virus in this situation. And we really as a nation have, uh, or need to, circle the wagons. I believe it's, it's an important point in the story of circling the wagons that the settlers or the pioneers in these wagons would take the resources, the oxen, which was their food source, their horses, which was their economic transportation source, and of course what they cared the most about, their women and children, and put them into the middle. 
I believe that's an important societal reaction to a common enemy. And it's those resources. We're not only uh, teaming together as a tribe against a common enemy, really working together and sharing, but we're also needing to pool our resources. Protect each other and pool our resources in time of attack. It's where we are. Amy and I mentioned last week that our family is going through a a personal attack, a difficult time. And maybe over time I'll be able to share a little bit more about that. But it's it's a time to, as a family, to circle the wagons, to pool our resources, to gather around those who are hurting and going through a trial. Because, my friends, that's what family is for. Family is for so many things. It's, it's such a dynamic, purposeful entity that the Father created for us. But make no, make no mistake about it that family is also for protection. It's for those times when we need to circle the wagons. I want to read to you from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is going to be a familiar chapter for you, but I would like you to plug in current events to what was written thousands of years ago in the book of Ecclesiastes. I think it's going to floor you on how this maybe was prophetic for such a time as this. So let me just read this, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones. And <laughs> Listen to this one. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, and a time to lose. Sounds a little bit like the stock market. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. See, the Father has seasons that we live in. And it's called life in the kingdom. It's listening to the Father's voice and really discerning the season that we are in. My friends, maybe we are in a season of circling the wagons. This is sort of an unprecedented crisis situation that we are all in together. And we as Christian families form a tribe that we can circle the wagons. And I don't necessarily mean that we are supposed to or meant to be exclusive of others. I don't believe that's the message I'm trying to convey here today. But it's a time as a nation that we take a leadership role as Christians that we pool our resources, and that we defend and fight for one another against a common enemy. See, seasons are sometimes difficult or perceived as difficult because when you're in a season, 
you don't always know the end of the season. And you certainly always don't know the next season. In Ecclesiastes, they're saying there are so many different seasons that we go through and ebb and flow when we live in the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you're like me, I think that we would prefer birth to death. We would prefer building up to breaking down. We would prefer laughing to weeping. We would prefer dancing to mourning. Although my children might say that my dancing wouldn't be preferred, but that's a different issue. We prefer gaining to losing, don't we? We prefer peace to war. And especially at the time of like this, we prefer embracing from refraining from embracing. I think it kills me that Ecclesiastes is talking about social distancing. That there's a season, even, to refrain from embracing. It kills me. The Bible has the answers. See, we would also prefer... It's the American spirit. We would also prefer advancing to circling the wagons. We would like to explore new territory rather than have to defend the one we already have. We are wired that way. We are wired for advancement. We are given a pioneer spirit, and I respect and honor that, but the Bible is saying that there are seasons. There are seasons. And here's a message that maybe is hard to hear. But every season is important. There is a time for every purpose under heaven. See, I believe even in this season of perhaps circling the wagons, the Claussen family is feeling the need to do that right now. And I think we as a region, as a state, as a nation, are feeling the need to do that right now. A time for every purpose. But this is the time that we look around and we find out who is our tribe. Who are the people that we're running with? Who are the people that speak the same language? Who are the people in our lives that we fellowship with, that we share common attitudes and, and goals and interests? Common culture. Who are we linked to? And then the next question is, who is ours? Who belongs to us? What do we have to protect? What are the resources that we have that we can put in the center of the circle? What do you have to fight with? We've been talking the last couple of weeks about fighting from a place of truth. Do you think that's important in a time like this? I think it's critically important that we know what is true, what is right, what is holy, what comes out of our lips, the things that we say, the way that we encourage each other. My friends, what can you give? What are some of those resources that are for everyone in the center of the circle? Now, I'm not talking about some kind of communistic dogma here. I'm a capitalist through and through. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. But when we operate in a tribe, I believe that the Father has intended for us to know who is ours and to provide resource for the ones that we love and care for. Obviously, when we think about resource, we think about money. There, during this economic downturn, there are some of us that are doing okay. Do we have extra resources that we can have at the center of the circle for the ones that aren't doing well, the people in our tribe? What about money? What about time? Actually, right now, a lot of us have more time than we've ever had, had before. 
because we're home and we're isolated and many of us are out of work or or uh, have extra time at home, what can we do with that time that we can invest into our tribe? Could it just be a Facebook message? Could it be a text message of encouragement to someone who needs it? Now more than ever, the elderly probably feel very shut in and maybe even scared and worried. What, what about an encouraging message to, to some of those people who just need to hear from someone and know that they're loved? What about practical things like giving blood? How many know that the Red Cross needs blood, needs, needs donations and time for people during this difficult time? What about words of encouragement for healthcare workers and the people who are on the front line dealing with this virus each and every day? And what about prayer? Prayer obviously is one of the most powerful tools that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God, to beseech heaven on behalf of one another. Oh, how that must please the Father's heart when we go to the throne on behalf of our brothers and sisters. It's got to stir his heart as it would mine if one of my siblings, or one of my children came to me on behalf of one of their siblings. And what about mental needs? I've been reading articles about the, the toll on mental health when people are unemployed or even separated from people that they love or even just the thought of social isolation. It's very hard on, the mental, on mental health. And when the, there's an economic turndown and people have financial needs and stresses, uh, the, the mental needs, the mental health of people tend to um, become quite critical. It's so important that we recognize and, and bring help and, and, and resource to those people. See, our battle is not with flesh and blood. And we always have to be super clear about that. Our battle isn't flesh and blood. But flesh and blood, the people that we love, the people that we know, may need some help. Can we be those resources for those people as we circle the wagons? And this is also hard sometimes as Americans to hear. But hear this as well. It's also okay to be one of those people that need help. It's okay to ask for help. It's the same question. Who are yours? Who are the people that you can turn to if you are struggling financially, mentally, physically? Who are those people that you can count on? Who are those people that you can turn to with needs? There is some serious strain that's taking place in our country and in relationships and in our pocketbooks during this season. It's okay to admit that you may need help, that you are going through a difficult time. That's how the body of Christ is supposed to work. We're supposed to be there for one another. We're supposed to be able to circle the wagons and say, I know that you are having trouble. I know that you are struggling. Go into the center of the circle and let us fight for you. Let us protect you. Let us offer you resource. There may be people in our lives that we can identify that need to be put into the center circle, not on the perimeter with weapons. But they just need to be protected. They just need time to heal. There's sometimes a time to kill, a time for war, and a time to heal. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. And it's okay to ask for help if you're going through one of those seasons of struggle. 
a, a, a time of loss instead of a time of gain. If that's you, it's okay to ask for help. My friends, I believe this is a real opportunity to identify that we are going through an unprecedented time as a nation and as families. We need to be there for each other. We need to be intentional. Sometimes when we hunker down, we become a little bit self-focused about our needs and, and what the next junk food we can eat. <laughs> we need to sometimes shift focus and change culture. And I believe that we as Christian families need to be on the front edge of this. We are the ones that need to recognize that we have a common enemy up on the hill. And it's time that we circle the wagons and that we protect and bring resource to the ones who are ours. We as Christians, it's time for us to discern the season that we're in. You have the answer within you for every season under heaven. And I want to leave you with this. Even though this might be a difficult season, this season shall pass. Even though it may be a time of weeping, there will once again be a time of laughter. Even though there, we are refraining from embracing, guess what, my friends? There will come a season where it will be time to embrace again. It'll be time to embrace again. There is hope because of who we believe in. And there's hope on this earth because we are here as the ambassadors of heaven to bring that hope and life to those who need it. So let's be outwardly focused during this time. There is talk of releasing some of the restrictions, but now is not the time to take our attention off of the people who are around us in our tribe. As we get closer to the end, it's like running a marathon. That's the hardest part, is those last several miles, and, and we are going through that, and we need encouragement from one another. Let's not lose focus, let's not lose heart, Let's help one another. And if we have to, let's circle the wagons and be there for one another. I hope this is a word of encouragement and exhortation to each and every one of you to turn our focus on those that we love because it's why we're here. So let's go together and set and shape the culture.